Hello, this is Brian Auden, and we are reading Christian Apologetics, A Comprehensive Case for Biblical Faith by Douglas Grotice. Now we've reached part three, Objections to Christian Theism. And chapter 23 is entitled, Religious Pluralism, Many Religions, One Truth. What should the reader be aware of in this chapter, Doug? One of the challenges to Christianity is that no religion should claim to be the only truth, the only way of salvation. And I find that many Christians, even evangelical Christians, are going soft on this. They're claiming that God uses other religions to save people, or perhaps even that everyone is redeemed in the end. So in this argument, I point out that different religions make very different claims about reality. And as a test case, I compare and contrast biblical Christianity with Theravada Buddhism and Advaita Vedanta Hinduism with respect to their views on ultimate reality, the human condition, and spiritual liberation. And I show that each religion makes a different claim. So the idea that all religions are one, or all religions somehow reveal the sacred, or are equal avenues to liberation, doesn't make much sense if they are affirming radically different things about ultimate reality, the human condition, and salvation. I also look at the attempt of John Hick to advance a thesis called religious pluralism, which claims that, no, in fact, religions do affirm very different things about reality, but nevertheless, they are still united at the deepest possible level. That somehow the real, which is his name for the transcendent reality, is behind all the religions and we cannot favor one religion over another. I claim that John Hick's view of the real is incoherent. It's a pretty strong claim, but I think I can back it up. And the case for Christianity is far better than the case for any other world religion. And I also look at the very vexed and challenging issue of who then can be saved. Could God use a non-Christian religion to save someone? And I come down on the side of a type of particularism or exclusivism, which claims that the mandate of God is upon us to bring the gospel to unbelievers. We should not assume that they could be saved within their errant, distorted religions. Jesus said, salvation is of the Jews. Paul, in Ephesians, talks about the Gentiles being without hope and without God in the world, in Ephesians chapter 2. Now, I do claim that people may receive a revelation of the gospel through dreams and visions. There is increasing evidence of this, especially in the lives of Muslims. Nevertheless, we don't presume that that happens. We definitely need to get the gospel to people. That is the imperative that we have. And while God may use other means to reach people with the message, or there may be people who respond rightly to general revelation and orient themselves, therefore, to God rightly, I think the odds uh, are against that, especially the idea that someone could respond to general revelation and be redeemed apart from hearing the message at all. I grant that that's a possibility, but nevertheless, Christianity makes 
decisive, distinctive claims about reality that are incompatible with the other world religions, and John Hicks' religious pluralism fails. Furthermore, the viewpoint of what's called perennialism fails. This would be the teaching of Huston Smith or Ken Wilber or Joseph Campbell. Perennialism claims that all religions at their base teach the same thing, and that one thing is pantheism. Everything is divine, everything is one, and we are part of this great theological oneness. Christianity does not teach that. Non-dualistic Hinduism teaches that. Uh, some forms of Buddhism, Mahayana Buddhism, teach something like that. Zen teaches that. Islam certainly does not teach that. So in the chapter, I critique perennialism, I critique Hicks' version of pluralism, and I try to show that the Christian claim about reality is very different from other claims. And I try to claim that God has revealed himself sufficiently to everyone such that everyone is accountable to God. God does not judge people according to what they do not know. He judges them according to what they do know. We see that in Romans 1 and chapter 2 and elsewhere. So this is a very pertinent question, especially as our world becomes more and more religiously plural in most parts of the world. This is certainly the case in America and in the West in general. Thanks, Doug, and thank you for listening. I hope you will read along with Apologetics 315.